when you focus less on exercise, more on movement, you open your mind up to see all of the different ways that you could move your body. And so you're more willing to show up for that. Plus movement just sounds good. It feels good. Uh, if you're varying things up and you're moving in a way that you actually enjoy, like you're just going to show up for that and be more consistent. And it's consistency that compounds over time to get you more results. Welcome to the Life Coach Baker Podcast. I'm Nicole Baker, life coach for perfectionists who want to set goals and actually follow through with them. I went to my first personal development seminar at the age of one. Yes, I was quite literally born into this industry. But by 15, I started to implement this mindset mumbo jumbo I'd heard so much about and it worked. As a recovering perfectionist myself, I've been able to set goals that are way out of my comfort zone and achieve them by doing things imperfectly, without self-judgment, and without the fear of their opinions. And now I help others to do the same. So if you are capital D done feeling like a hostage to this a-hole called perfectionism, then this show is for you. My goal is for you to leave each episode with tactical action steps that you can start to implement in your life Now, I may be in my 20s. I may have the voice of a sassier Cinderella, but I've been doing this personal development-ish since I was a toddler. So let's dive in. What is up, sweet, beautiful friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast. Today, I am sitting down with Abby Stacier, who is a health and wellness expert, like just absolutely powerhouse in the health and wellness world. But we're not just talking about health in the physical way. Um, One of the things that I love about Abby is that A, she's all about making health very sustainable. Perfectionists, that's important. She's not about saying like, okay, crash diet or, you know, cleanse or anything like that. She's all about like, can you do this forever? And that is really the motivation behind everything she does, which speaking of which, she's not only just about the physical health part, like I teased us a second ago, We also dive into the mind in health as well. And she explains it so beautifully, so simply. I think that's very important because a lot of this can be very overwhelming. You know, we hear the word health and it's like 45,000 different components. And Abby's just a brilliant, brilliant woman at just chunking things down. So before we dive into the meat, I want to remind everyone that The Empowered Entrepreneur, which is a live virtual summit, I am doing this Friday, um, November 4th, and tickets are on sale right now. And we actually just added some payment plans as well. So for those of you who don't know, The Empowered Entrepreneur is, like I said, a live virtual summit helping new and intermediate entrepreneurs master the four foundations of business. A lot of the times when we're first starting a business, it's so overwhelming. There are so many different aspects. Do I build an email list? How do I get clients? Do I just post on social media and everyone shows up? That's got to be the ticket, right? I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that one, let me say. And we, meaning me, Amber, and Wendy, and Sabrina, the three other coaches that I am collaborating with on this, 
we saw this problem and in so many of our clients, so many members of our community. And we were like, what can we do to not only make this as accessible as information as possible, but as tactical as possible? And so that's when the Empowered Entrepreneur was born. So we're going into the four different areas of business, mindset and productivity. Yes, you guessed it. That's my section. Email marketing, how to build a lead generation that not only brings in email subscribers, but also turns those email subscribers into customers. We're also talking about systems and automations. That's Sabrina's wheelhouse. And I want to touch on this really quick because a lot of people, especially at the beginning, they're like, what is systems? I have no idea what that is. Systems is the back end of your business working for you so you don't have to. It is productivity 101. I will say this, when I started becoming more productive in my business was when I put up all my systems in check. I wish, wish I had done it sooner because it would have saved me years of time. It would have saved me so much like hitting my head against the wall and trying to like remember how to do certain things and like what's the automations behind this. And it just, it was such a headache. And Sabrina is all about making them simple, 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 and demystifying them, which I think is really, really cool. And then last but not least, we have Amber, who is our sales expert. She is also going to be talking about money and how to make more of it, both energetically, which I think is extremely important. And a lot of people skip that step and wonder why their business is not making money. Not only energetically though, but also how to get people off of Instagram or off of email lists and into a sales call and how to close on that sales call from a place of service. We've all had those icky, icky sales feelings. And Amber is so not about that. So if you have ever had like, Oh God, now it's time for the pitch. And I'm really scared. I don't like saying how much I'm charging or I'm really nervous. This is for you just alone. Amber's talk would be well, well, well worth it. So If you are struggling with any of those areas or honestly, multiple of those areas, we are having the Empowered Entrepreneur, like I said, November 4th. If you cannot make it live, don't you worry your pretty little head. We have the replay available for a minimum of 30 days if you do general admission and 90 days, excuse me, and 90 days if you are doing VIP. So like I said, we just offered some payment plans for both tickets. We want to make this as accessible as possible to you guys. And of course, if you have any questions, hit me up, let me know. I've had a few people reach out and be like, Hey, like I'm nervous about this, or I'm curious about that. And we've actually added things to the empowered entrepreneur based off those questions. Here's an example. Um, one of our general admission attendees reached out and said, Hey, like, it sounds like everything I need, but it also sounds like a lot. I'm nervous about getting overwhelmed and into perfectionist mind where it's like, I got to do everything at once. Right. And so I, I brought this, um, this concern to the girls and we started talking, we're like, why don't we make a timeline so that after the event, they have like a four-week timeline of how to implement everything we're talking about. And they thought it was absolutely brilliant. And so we incorporated that into both ticket options. So in the workbook that you're going to get with the Empowered Entrepreneur, the very end, there's going to be a timeline as well. So you know how to incorporate this stuff into your business without the overwhelm. I am so obsessed with that. And that wouldn't have come if someone hadn't asked that question. So if you have questions, hit me up. Let me know. My DMs are 
open. (laughs) But if you are ready to go ahead and snag your ticket, if you are a new entrepreneur who is overwhelmed by all the things you need to do or all the things that the gurus say you should be doing in order to raise your prices or in order to build your business, I'm doing massive air quotes here because every single quote unquote guru says you have to do this one thing. And I'm going to be honest, it's not one thing. It is mastering different areas. As a business owner, you wear a lot of different hats and it can feel very overwhelming. And that's why I'm really excited for this event because we are bringing this in very tactical, very step-by-step. And now with the timeline, as little overwhelm as possible, and you will be able to follow through on all the things you learn in The Empowered Entrepreneur. Can you tell? I am so excited. I'm unbelievably jazzed for this event. So if you want to go ahead and grab your tickets, and remember, we just added payment plans as well, go to the links below and I will see you at the event. Now, before we dive into the interview, I want to do a little bit about Abby. So Abby Stace here is a bubbly, passionate, registered dietitian to be. She's actually at school right now in Nashville. Shouts to you, Abby. You badass you. She just graduated from Columbia University's grad school, no big deal, with a master's in nutrition and exercise psychology and is a certified intuitive eating counselor and is the founder of the health and wellness, excuse me, health and life coaching company, Be About Being Better. Such a good name, Um, which she started four years ago. She works with clients internationally on creating a diet-free, sustainable, healthy lifestyle, and she wants you to live a better, more vibrant life and help you maintain that lifestyle over the long term. Ladies and gentlemen, let's dive into this interview with Abby Stacier. Welcome, Abby. I'm so excited you're here. Yay. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I'm pumped. You are just like one of the most like bright sunshine, glowing balls of light. And then you have this killer jean jacket that's bright yellow and I love it. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you today. Um, I'd love to start with a little bit of an overview. Who are you? What do you do? What's your business? What's your, what's your MO? Yeah. So I have been running my health and life coaching company, Be About Being Better, for the last four years. And the 4th of July weekend is our anniversary. So it's really been, you know, four years, which is super exciting. Thank you. It's It really has flown by. And we help busy, high achieving people just live a better, more vibrant life. And I believe that you can't get there if you're not first optimizing your health. So people can't even get to our life coaching programs before they start in our health coaching programs. So I'm very much like of the mind that we need to get away from diet culture. We need to not be dieting, not be restricting, really optimize our health because that will give you more energy, more confidence, greater productivity. And you can use that, you know, as a step stool to be better in other areas of your life. So that's really how we help people. And in addition to running my business full-time, um, I've also been in school this almost this whole time. I just graduated with my master's in nutrition and exercise physiology from Columbia university. I'm working to be a registered dietitian. I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor, um, or just doing, doing all the things. So that high achiever that you market towards, that's not you at all. It's not not even close. (laughs) I can't relate really. No, no, I'm just (laughs) like, I'm at Columbia. I'm also doing all this stuff. It's no big deal. Um, um, Oh God. Amazing. I have so many questions for you. The first is when you and I first connected and reached out, Mm -hmm. um, 
you mentioned that you had seven self-care tips for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial spirited people being the majority of the listeners of the podcast. I was like, Oh, there it is. Like, let's definitely start with that. So I'd love to start with what are the seven and actually we'll start there and I'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. I think with, you know, the seven, it's not always a clean cut answer. Some of them are a little bit more simple and straightforward, but something I'd have to dive more, more into. I think the first self-care tip is that you have to have a mindset shift. It's not necessarily something tangible, but you have to be okay with wanting to prioritize yourself. And the way that a mentor explained it to me is that the missus has to come first, M-R-S, me first, then responsibility second, and then serving others third. You just blew my mind and we're five minutes into this episode. Oh my God. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, that really resonates with me. And if you're not putting like, I know we hear all the time, like self-care isn't selfish, but it really does feel like that sometimes. But the way that I explain it to my clients is look, if you are doing something for yourself every single day, something where you're filling your pitcher up so that you can pour into the glasses of others. Like you're going to show up for your roles and responsibilities to other people that you're serving in your life, your business in the way that they need you to show up and in the way that they deserve. And you'll be able to show up as your best self if you're taking the time to care for yourself. So I guess the first self-care tip is to not view it as selfishness, but really as, as a necessity to care for yourself. But I feel like we hear it's, it's so overstated. So I'm not going to beat this horse too dead, but like the, um, the mask falling down in the, in the airplane, like who do you put on first yourself or the kid, or like you always put your mask on first. And yet, and I do think a lot of it is a little cultural, especially geared towards women. Like if you put yourself first, it's self. I was actually just talking to my friend about this this morning. There's such a demonizing around taking care of yourself, making your own decisions. Like it's selfish. It's not womanly. It's not being a good person. And it's just, it's disgusting. <laughs> like I don't know another right, word for it other than right. just truly disgusting. I love that mindset's your first one. That is like, yeah. that's so unexpected. And yet, of course, that's the first mm-hmm. one, right? Keep yeah. going. This is so good. Yeah. Okay. Second one is that you really have to have solid morning and evening routines. And I think a misconception is that people think a morning and evening routine needs to look like a CVS receipt where it's just <laughs> so long and checking all the boxes. <laughs> but it's really, it's just got to be a few very intentional things that, that make a difference that are generating the feelings that you want to feel the things that you want to generate starting at the first commitment of your day. So you have to start there and work backwards. How do you want to feel starting your day? Is that energized? Is it confident? Is it empowered? Is it at peace? Is it ready to go? Like what are the buzzwords for you? And then your morning routine becomes what do you need to do in the morning to actually generate those feelings? You don't have to do all the things you just got to do something. Yes. Yeah. And then oh, your the CBS thing just killed me. That's so true. <laughs> it's so well, yeah. cause like you and I are very active on Instagram and social media. Mm-hmm. We right. see all these like morning routines that are like, Oh, just my basic morning routine. And it's like four hours. And it's like, especially this being a podcast for perfectionists, we see that. And that's suddenly the expectation. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. when we can't do that immediately, it's we failed. When that's right. so not the case. I love your 
Exactly. And then when you feel like you failed, then you're not going to do anything for you. Cause you're like, yeah. what's the point? I can't do all of that. So I'm going to do nothing. Exactly. So that's really, um, really one of my, one of my other tips that we'll get to that, but just to harp on the evening routine too. Cause I think so many people focus on the morning, the evening routine really becomes, okay, what do I need to do in the evening to best prepare for the morning? So there's like two parts of the evening routine, preparing for the morning, making decisions beforehand, laying out clothes, packing your lunch. Like I know it seems inconvenient, but it will make the morning more seamless. Um, and then it's like, what can I do in the evening to bookend my day to wind down? Like, what, what can I do for me? Once the kids yeah. are in bed, you know, we've unplugged from social media. What can I do for me? Um, can, so, I hear, can I pause real quick? What are your absolutely. morning and evening routines? Oh, I love, I love my morning and evening routines. And I think if you're not that excited about your morning and evening routine, then you need to revamp it. You really need Retweet. to redraft it. Yeah. Like yes. you, need, you need to feel like the main character. So I get up. Um, and I'm in my Listen, apartment. She literally looks like a Disney princess. She's just kind of, this is like the best thing. <laughs> like arms clasped together. I do this. I love it. Oh, keep going. It's so I love my, re- but it helps me generate all of this energy. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's, it just helps me be my authentic self because I do what I want to do. Um, for me, I, I get up and I right away get ready for my workout if it's a workout day and um, I'll start listening to music that really helps me get up in the morning. Um, Not necessarily listening to a podcast, but music definitely makes me feel like the main character. I'll go get some sort of movement in, whether that's, you know, a walk around central park, like I'm really lucky to live so close or just going to the gym, I'll get some sort of movement in. And then um, I come back and normally either, you know, start breakfast or, um, sometimes I'll wait on that, but I have so much energy after working out. I need to harness that. So, you know, sometimes depending on what I'm making for breakfast, because I'm very much into intuitive eating. So it's like, whatever I'm feeling, um, I don't always have to cook it right away. If it's a smoothie, it's pretty quick, but I'll, I'll definitely prioritize journaling. Um, I read, you know, 10 pages of my personal development book. I read, uh, and I say fiction for the evening. So I kind of split up what, what I'm reading. I'll do my five minute journal, I'll read a couple pages in my Bible. I have a small gratitude journal. Um, so I, I spent, it doesn't take that much time. Um, and when I don't have a lot of time, I'll just do the five minute journal, kind of skip everything else. Um, but I really do at least carve 20 minutes out to just kind of go through each of those things. I've, I've really streamlined it, but, and I used to journal, before I worked out, but this is something I always tell clients is you have to be in tune with your energy. Like for me, it was like, ah, like I would have too much energy after working out. Like I needed to harness it. And when I was working out, um, you know, after reviewing my day, I was just constantly thinking about what else I have to do. And I was speeding through my workout and not being present. So now it's like, I can be fully present when I'm working out and then come back. What am I grateful for? Harness my energy. What, what are my three priorities for the day? You know, have breakfast and then pretty much dive into work after getting ready. Awesome. Yeah. Yours and mine yeah. are very similar. And I, I, mm-hmm. I find that interesting. I, I love yeah. that. What about your evening? Let's go flop it. Evening routine. I really try and unplug from electronics like yes. as soon as possible. And I leave my phone away from my bed, which, you know, I'm in a studio <gasps> apartment, so it's not You're a unicorn. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It really helps to just get up in the morning. Yeah. Um, I, you know, have moved my wake time so that I can just get up and not have to snooze. So I do sleep in a little bit later where before I was saving 30 minutes 
to, you know, have that buffer, but I was like, nope, gotten rid of the buffer. Now we're just going to get up and grab and go. So the evening routine, I unplug from social media and I've gotten so into fiction. So I'm excited to put my phone away because I'm like, I need to know what happens in the next chapter. And I always shower in the evening. I know people are like, oh, it dries out your skin to shower twice a day. I shower twice a day. Like, I'm sorry. Like it's what it is. Um, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't you know, take me that long, but my skincare routine makes me feel like the main character. I have a really bougie uh, lip gloss, not lip gloss, what's it called? Chapstick for the evening that has like a gold applicator. And I do, you know, all my steps of my routine and my eye cream, like these aren't super expensive products, but it just, you know, my face steamer, like these things are, you know, they're affordable, but they make me feel really special and I'm excited to wind down. And honestly, the act of the shower, it just, it just makes me feel relaxed and it's a clear distinction. I'm done with work. I'm focusing on me. I'm done, done with electronics. So I needed something sensory. Sometimes I'll make tea. Sometimes I'll just have, you know, light a candle or something for like an olfactory cue uh, to signal to myself, like it's time to wind down. So now every time I smell my candle, it's like my body just instantly relaxes because I'm used to that smell in the evening. So I think any sensory things that you could have to anchor your routines is really helpful and helps you to more instantly wind down, especially if you're working late in the evening and you're like, I need to get to bed fast. You need something that's effective. So you can really train yourself to have these sensory cues. So I love my skincare routine. And then I just start reading and I fall asleep and that's it. (laughs) I love that you talk about the sensory cues because Mm. we often don't think about that at the end of the day. It's like, okay, like get done with work and like go into the next thing, you know, or like go into the to-do list or go into the helping the babies. And it's so important to have that. Like I have, I have, um, like in my office, I have something called office neutral. So at the end of every single day, I make office neutral. And then I plug in a podcast that it has nothing to do with personal development, but that's my old factor or it's not old auditory, um, cue like, Hey, yeah. work is done. You get to listen to a Harry Potter podcast. Congratulations. Oh, I <laughs> like, you know, well, like, that's it's, so I, I, I really want to highlight this for listeners, for people who never feel like they can turn their brain off just start doing something like that. And I love that you touch on this, um, so beautifully in in your evening routine, like having something like that, it does like, it's, it takes a minute to get that really ingrained in your body. But once it's there, it's something called an anchor and it's fucking there. (laughs) Like it is there. Exactly. Exactly. And I love that you said desk neutral. I've never heard, I literally wrote that down. Like that is just, I know what that means for me. Obviously it's going to look different for everyone, but just kind of getting back to net zero. And I guess I forgot to also add too, there's before I unplug from my phone, like I'll, I try and work backwards. Like I'll go to my kitchen and I, you know, I'll fill up my water bottle for the next day, leave it in the fridge. I'll pack my lunch or snacks for the next day. Like whatever needs to be done in the kitchen. I'll do that. Turn off the lights, moving on to the next room. Then I'll lay out my clothes for the next day, pick my outfits, like make any decisions on like what I'm going to do with my hair. Just don't have to like make it the next day. Like I'm making as many decisions as possible. Okay. Now like yeah, closet, all that stuff. And then, you know, I'm going to the bathroom, closing everything out there, turning off the lights. So I'm, I'm cognizant of my foot pattern and almost the choreography of my evening routine so that we're closing things out. I'm not going back into rooms multiple times. It's very seamless. So, cause yeah. we lose a lot of energy, especially in the morning routine, we lose a lot of energy in our transitions. So if you're cognizant of your foot pattern, that can be helpful to streamline things in and save more time. 
What a good point. I'm just, oh, I can like almost feel everyone listening being like, okay, where do, what room do I start in? Like, where do I go from yeah. there? You know? Yeah. Um, God, that's so good. Okay. What is, are we on three? Number three? Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. So next one is to, I know I just said I fill up my huge water bottle. I wish it was over there. It is a huge gallon water bottle, but everyone needs to be drinking water like it is their job. What's your what's your brand of water bottle? Oh, I don't I don't know the brand. And oh, that's I, okay. I, we'll, there's we'll there's a brand in. that's specifically like giant, like what yes. hydro drug? Have you heard of them? Oh no, it's not that one. It Got starts it. with like an O or something. We'll link it up in the show notes. Amazing. But- <laughs> It's pink. It's huge. I mean, I just got it on Amazon. It was really cheap. Um, I think it starts with an O if I'm not mistaken, but it's a brand I hadn't heard of, but it's not the Hydro Flask or that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love it. And it has really corny sayings on the side and the mm-hmm. times, but it keeps me on track. I'm like, oh, it's 1 PM. Like, and I'm still on 11 AM. Like I need to, it's time to drink more water to get, keep myself on track. So I like pacing it that way. And honestly, y'all like I heard sometime that like, 60 to 80% of people in the world are chronically dehydrated. Like dehydration is a problem. You're not going to be able to think properly. You're going to be distracted. You're going to be out of touch with your hunger and fullness cues. Like you're going to be craving different things. Your body's looking for energy. So your, your eating patterns are going to be out of whack if you're not hydrated. And we start feeling thirsty when we are 2% dehydrated. And just for perspective, what? Yeah. I'm so sorry to interrupt. That like blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And oh 15% dehydration is fatal. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a problem. My heart like, stopped beating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I think people don't realize like when you're thirsty, your body's like sending you signals. Like I need water. Like I'm seriously parched and we need that to, to function properly. So honestly, if you care about your business, you care about showing up like your best, like you need to be drinking water. Yeah. It's as simple as, as that. Like it's a decision you just have to make. Especially if it's a business, I feel like where you're teaching or talking or you're on camera, those ring lights are freaking hot. And like, you need to yep. be hydrating, um, that way. Like I have specific days where I'm standing up and coaching for just like six hours a day, like wow, straight, wow. just yeah. straight. And I love them. They're some of my favorite days. But on those, I try to go through a glass of water per client. And so like in between calls, I'm like sprinting to the bathroom, but like, but I'll notice that day I am so freaking hydrated way more than the days that I'm just sitting at my desk Mm -hmm. and doing the content creation. So that's so interesting. Yeah. And I think it's helpful to have those certain checkpoints, like you said, to remind yourself to drink water, different cues, because it is when we're busy and distracted, it is hard to remember. So that's why I have a huge water bottle that is in my line of vision. Like I can't put it in my back. Like I have to carry it because it's so big. So, but that's a choice I've made to have such an excessive water bottle. And it's a great conversation point. Like people are always talking about it and starting (laughs) conversations with me. Um, But you could have checkpoint like, okay, after each client, I'm going to drink a glass of water or with each meal, I'm going to drink a glass of water or set reminders reminders on your phone mm-hmm. to go off every couple hours to remind you. Sometimes we just need that extra push notification and, and that's okay. Um, but I think having either of those checkpoints or some sort of reminder can be really helpful to get into the habit of it so that it's you're drinking at regular times. Gorgeous. God, yeah. I love these. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> these yeah, so okay. Good. Next one is that you have to heal your relationship with food. I think your relationship with food can 
be very telling of what your other habits are, or maybe even some mindset, I don't want to say pitfalls, but maybe some beliefs that you need to to change and, and just where your values and where your priorities are at. And so you have to break up with diet culture. You have to stop restricting yourself, stop depriving yourself. You need to eat regularly. You need to fuel yourself and you need to slow down and savor eating and really value that as, you know, that is working on your business. That is working on yourself, slowing down, eating, taking a moment to have a mental break from whatever you were working on and refueling yourself. Like it's just, it's so important. I'd love to expand even more on this one because especially this audience is filled with perfectionists and recovering perfectionists. This tends to be a very hot button topic. Mm. What are some signs or some patterns or habits that people might have and they might not even realize that they have a distorted relationship with food? Yeah, because that's typically what it is. I mean, I have some clients that are have recovered from eating disorders or kind of mm-hmm. in the throes of it, but most of the clients that I'm working with are they just have disordered eating patterns. Like it's not a full-blown, you know, DSM-5 diagnosis for an eating disorder, but it's, you know, just disordered eating. So some habits I typically see is that people are skipping breakfast and they're just having coffee for breakfast. Can you talk about why that's bad or not? I shouldn't say bad, but why (laughs) that's um, probably better to avoid doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you wake up in the morning, you've already been fasting for several hours. Like your body is hungry. It needs something. And especially for women, like our, our hormones and the way that things are intermittent fasting, we don't really, we don't respond to it well, it's, it's too much. And when you're in a state of starvation, your cortisol increases. So that's Mm -hmm. going to, to stress you out and make you more anxious earlier on. And it's going to hinder how you eat and affect how you eat later on in the day. So most people, when they skip meals, they end up overeating later to, to compensate. And so it's, and you're not leading at that point with what you want to eat or necessarily the best, you know, nutrition, nutritional, nutritionally dense options. You're leading at that point. Like I'm so ravenous. I just need to eat something. So it's important to, like, if you want to be in touch with your hunger and fullness cues, you need to eat regularly so that your blood sugar is more stable. And so that you can show up to your next meal and be like, oh yeah, like I could eat now or, oh yeah, that sounds good. Whereas if you're getting to your next meal and you're like, I could eat anything in sight, anything sounds good. And you don't necessarily have any preference and you just need to go full in and, you know, satisfy the hunger so quickly. Like that's a problem. That's when people like lose control with their eating. And it may not necessarily be a quote unquote standard binge, but it might just be overeating or you might not be savoring or really tasting what you're eating. And you might be turning to more calorically dense options to get, um, to get some energy, right. You're looking for more palatable foods, ultra processed options that are going to burn you out quicker. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I see. And then another thing I see is that people are labeling foods as good or bad or healthy or unhealthy 
And it's not just busy entrepreneurs that are doing this. I mean, we're in diet culture. So many people do this. Um, but we take that one step further to mean, okay, if I eat this good food, then I'm on the wagon and I'm a good person and I'm succeeding. But if I have this bad food, then I've failed and I'm a bad person and I'm unhealthy. So I'm so glad you, because it's so much more than the food. It's literally like we take it to mean who we are and our value as human beings, which is exactly just devastating. It is. It is. And so we have to work to take the morality out of food because our food choices don't say anything about who we, who we are as a person. So a quick, you know, tip to combat that is to just start labeling foods differently. And that can start to number one, have you start recognizing how often you label foods as good or bad, healthy or unhealthy, and how many times you're making a decision on what you should eat based on that or something you, you know, heard on TikTok. So you could label foods as, you know, something is more nutrient dense, something is more calorie dense. Um, this is a fun food. This is the treat food. This is a play food, but nothing is a cheat meal. You're not cheating on yourself. Um, and even if something is more calorically dense, like those foods still have a place in our diet, in our nutritional profile for a day or a week or a month. And there's foods that you're going to have more frequently and there's foods that you're going to have less frequently, but we don't need to cut anything out a hundred percent, obviously with the exception of like gluten, if you have celiac disease, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's maybe not do that. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And those people know who they are. And that's the thing I'm actually really passionate about. And I'm hoping to specialize once I'm a registered, like officially a registered dietitian and go through, I have my clinical rotations next year. I really want to work with people that have a chronic health condition and help them approach because there's a lot of people that do have to restrict in some way, or they get diagnosed with something. And for a little bit, they have to work through that and have a specialized diet or some sort of protocol. So how do you approach that with a non-diet mindset? How do you still have a good relationship with food when for a medical reason, you do have to be cognizant of, of what you're eating? Um, so I hope to really specialize more and work with that population. So we have a couple of clients that are in that boat now, but um, right now we're working with people more generally. I love that you bring that up. When I was uh, waitressing, I waitressed on and off for about 14 years. I had a table one time where this woman was like, I'm so sorry. Like, like literally just like shaking. And she was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I I need to tell you, like, I have a bunch of allergies. And I was like, girl, like, no problem. Like we're, we're totally happy to accommodate however we can. She goes, are you ready? And I'm like, get out my pen and paper. I'm like, I guess so. Let's (laughs) do this. And she lists off about like 10 or 12 allergies, including like eggs, dairy, like gluten, like, I mean, everything under the sun. And it was not like allergy, like it just makes my stomach upset. It was like allergy, like I will keel over and die. So as you can imagine, I went over to the host stand and I was like, give me no more tables. Like I need to just focus entirely on her. But one of the things I, I saw within her as she was telling me, it was almost like she was shrinking back and like shrinking into this little, like, like. Shane ball. I don't know how to describe it. And one of the coolest experiences in my 14 years working in the restaurant industry was giving this woman a meal experience. Cause this wasn't like a, you get a burger and fry and like leave. This was like a, you get like a bunch of different little plates to share across the table. It was like a iron chef restaurant. Like it was really like very, wow. you taste like a bunch of the food. 
And we made her like this entire tasting course meal did not charge her extra, obviously. And like, I worked with the chef at the time. Um, and he like came out at the end of the meal and he was like, I just want to check in. Like, how was everything? She like stood up and hugged him and was like, I can't even describe to you this experience. Thank you. And just like watching her have that experience of like, Oh my God, I can go to a restaurant and like actually have people take this a seriously Mm -hmm. and B not think of it as an inconvenience. Like this is something where we get to like really work together and we got to create new things that weren't even on the menu. It was actually really fun. Wow. It's so cool to have somebody that's willing to do that because especially as perfectionists, we don't want to inconvenience people. Oh girl. (laughs) Exactly. And like, I think especially in food and especially if it's like a diet or something diet, especially if it's a, um, an allergy or something that you like actually can't have. It's really easy to say I'm bad. I'm an inconvenience. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, not at all. Like I, I just, I, I love that you're doing that. I just wanted to share that little story because that was one of the coolest moments I've ever experienced. That is so cool. And I'm really happy that you were able to give that experience to her because I have dealt with gut health issues, everything under the sun. And it, I used to call up the restaurants before my reservation and say, Hey, I have a reservation for 7 PM. Can I speak to the chef? These are all the things that I can't have. What can you accommodate? And they would literally just do like white rice and salmon with salt and pepper. Like that's it. That makes me so mad. (laughs) Like I feel like I was missing out in the restaurant, but I was still paying $40 for a piece of salmon. I was like, I could make this at home. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) So, oh, wow. That's really, that's really awesome. So yeah, I think healing your relationship with food can really be a gateway to feeling more confident socially in other areas of your life. Um, And if you're not prioritizing fueling yourself, like you're not prioritizing yourself, you're you're not caring for yourself, right? So it can just be an eye opener and, you know, this is what it will get you in the habit of caring for yourself in other areas of your life. One more time for the people in the back. That's so true. It's so true. I, we, I don't think we talked about this in our, in our initial chat before we even started recording. Um, uh, I had an eating disorder for many, many years, but one Mm -hmm. of the things that changed it entirely was I actually started doing whole 30, which I don't recommend that to be the way that people change their mindset around. But what, (laughs) what it did for me was it, it made me realize, oh my God, this is how good I can feel when I actually a enjoy cooking and loving the food I put in my body. And B when I like actually take care of myself in this way, like rather than depriving Mm -hmm. myself and then binging, like to be able to really take care and be like, oh my gosh, like tonight I get to try spaghetti squash and like all this, mm-hmm. all these new things. I don't do it anymore, but that entirely shifted my mindset around this because it was about how can I fuel myself rather than deprive myself, you know? Yes, exactly. And, and what can you shift. add to your diet? Yes. Versus we talk so much about away. taking it away. Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always you know, telling my clients like, oh, we got to add more protein to your plate or, oh, we need to add another food group to make the, your plate look more balanced. Cause that's how we, you know, 
I guess, track, quote unquote, track people's food. Like my clients aren't logging on an app or anything, but for the first couple of weeks in the program, they'll send me photos of their meals just for a couple of days at the week. It's really not. And most people are taking pictures of their meals. Anyway, the clients find it very convenient and I can yeah. see their eating patterns throughout the day. I can see if they're skipping a meal. I can see if they're not having an afternoon snack. I can gauge their portion sizes. I can see their food preferences and culturally what they're eating. So it, it allows me to give a more personalized you know, more personalized yeah. advice and more personalized suggestions and they can tangibly see, okay, what can I add to my plate to make this better? What can I add to my day? And we're not restricting, we're not taking anything away. So it's really, really helpful uh, mindset shift. And for someone who's in, in that struggle where they have a really difficult relationship with food right now and doing it on their own, like mm-hmm. healing that relationship on their own really doesn't seem to cut it. What are some things you suggest to that person to a heal their relationship, but be able to try a different tactic than doing? Yeah, I think first is, I mean, you have to make all foods available and give yourself unconditional permission to eat. And it takes a while to do that. So definitely give yourself grace in the journey. Um, If you're in a habit of restricting and then binging and overeating or skipping meals, like you're probably going to still do that in the future, but it'll happen less and less. So give yourself grace and start to view everything as data, view everything as feedback. You're not a failure. <laughs> I say that all the time. I was like, oh, are you, are you my twin? <laughs> I know we are so similar. I love this. So um, you can trust what Nicole is saying, everybody. Uh, it's It's true. And it really helps to look back and be more objective. So many people, especially when they're perfectionists, they're in this all or nothing mindset. They, um, it's just, everything is a catastrophe and it just spirals with negative self-talk and, um, you can really go down these negative rabbit holes, but if you're able to, you know, stop yourself before you go down that and look at things a little bit more objectively, it's like, no, I didn't fail, but there are some opportunities for growth. Here's what I did. Well, here's what wasn't so hot. Here's how, if I was in that situation again, I could do things differently. And you just course correct for the future. And again, changing your language, not labeling foods as good or bad. Um, these are frequent foods. These are less frequent foods, nutrient dense, calorie dense. These are play foods. These are fun foods. Um, you can, you know, change, change your language around. And that helps you to see that everything is available. Um, but everything has, and everything has a place. The next thing you could do is to start listening to your body's cues. So many people rely on a meal plan or a time of day or somebody on TikTok, Pinterest to tell you when and what you should be eating, but your, our bodies are so smart and we have lost trust with our bodies. So we need to increase, they call it interceptive awareness, where you're really in tune to your body's senses and your body's cues. And you're responding in a way that's, you know, out of love and respect for yourself. So that is, you know, really the concept of intuitive eating. So you want to listen to your body's cues when you start to get hungry. And then you also want to listen for when you start to get full too. So there's different tactics for, you know, how to, how to listen for these things. But if you're waiting to eat until your stomach is growling, you've waited too long. 
So you missed some more subtle signs of hunger and they're different for everyone and how it feels in your body is going to be different, but they might be a headache. It might be, you might feel distracted. You might feel fatigued. You might be hangry and a little bit more irritable. Your stomach (laughs) or your throat might hurt. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to look different for everyone, but start to be in tune with those signs and start Mm -hmm. to eat then start to eat earlier and then have, you know, having hopefully have a balanced meal with different food groups, you know, vary up your macros. So that'll keep your blood sugar stable and your hunger cues more stable. And then to listen to your fullness cues, you want to really slow down when you're eating, put your fork down in between bites, not be distracted, listening to something. I mean, you might be talking to someone, but if you could spend a little bit more time enjoying the food and how it tastes and you'll have a more pleasant experience eating and you will give your body time to catch up, to catch up, to be like, whoa, 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 like we're full now. It's okay. You don't have to give us any more food. If you've been listening to the show, or if you're just a living, breathing person in the 21st century, odds are that you're a perfectionist. But did you know that there are three different types of perfectionism? After working with perfectionists for the past two years and being one myself for Uh, longer than that, I would have to be an ostrich with my head stuck deep in the sand to not realize that there are different styles of perfectionism, each one with their own self-sabotaging patterns. To find out which perfectionist type you are, plus learn helpful next steps that will get you out of those patterns of self-destruction, take the free quiz by following the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Now on to the episode. What's number, are we on four, five? Uh, five, yes. Five. So the That's next one is to move your body in a way that feels good. Like we all know that exercise is important. It's healthy. Physical activity is definitely recommended. Um, but I would recommend not feeling this need that you need to go hard and do hit workouts or sign up for Orange Theory and go five times a week. Like it's less about getting exercise in that's more formal and more about getting movement in because so many clients will say to me, well, I don't have time to exercise. Um, but I'm like, well, what about just moving your body each day? And they're like, well, I I guess I could go for a walk during my lunch break, or I could stretch before bed, or I could do a five minute yoga video or abs, or I could at least start a workout for 15 minutes and, and then see what I do or see what I have time for and go from there. And I'm like, so it just, when you focus less on exercise, more on movement, you open your mind up to see all of the different ways that you could move your body. And so you're more willing to show up for that. Plus movement just sounds good. It feels good. Uh, if you're varying things up and you're moving in a way that you actually enjoy, like you're just going to show up for that and be more consistent. And it's consistency that compounds over time to get you more results. Literally retweet everything you just said. It's so <laughs> it's so true. And like, I feel like we see uh, on Instagram, on TikTok, on these on Pinterest, like we see these ways you should be working out. It has to be weight training. It has to be running. It has to be whatever. And I will say this: I did not start enjoying working out until I found running, and then I started getting into triathlon training. And then I was like, "Oh, wow. I actually need to do a lot of weight training because my body is fragile." And like. You know, it just, you find your groove in it, but I feel like there's so much like pressure and then the fun sucked out of it, you know? And I love that you talk about like finding ways to 
enjoy it. Like, and I think that it can be as simple as sitting down with a piece of paper and be like, what are some ways I can move my body that actually make me excited and start yes. with that question and then try them. Right. It could be because pole dancing classes. Live <laughs> yes, your truth. I actually like, did one. It was fun. I believe it. Wait. Oh my God. I, I love it. What are, what yeah. are some, like, to build off of that? What are some other ways, excuse me, that you enjoy the movement that might be yes. some ideas that people aren't thinking of. I love dancing. I grew up dancing. Uh, you know, I was classically trained in ballet for 14 years. Holy so, moly girl. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to go to college for dance, but then we switched to neuroscience. Like it was a long story, but <laughs> I was like, I can't really make a long-term career out of this. And I want to do more than just dance. So, you know, it's a hobby now. So I actually, um, after this, I have a ballet class scheduled. I go Tuesday nights in the city. Um, yeah. Wait, what, uh, what uh dance studio in the city it's a really small one on oh, the okay. upper west side bridge for dance um but i have to you know dance at gibneys i've done you know the broadway dance center yeah. i you know kind of bop around but bridge for dance is what i do on tuesdays with actually a couple friends that i grew up dancing with that also live in the city so we've just kind of kept the tradition going and oh, so i love that and even in between like i have a ritual now that when we sign a new client for our academy like i always you know dance to the same song after and you know celebrate them and you know celebrate you know, this, you know, sale of the business. And, um, so I think having, um, you know, it doesn't always have to be a formal class that you sign up for. Sometimes it's helpful because it's like, okay, I paid for the class. Like I have that accountability. I have a set time. I have people that I go with that are expecting me to be there. So I think that can be really helpful for people, but also I can put pressure on people too, or people feel bad if they can't make it or something comes up. So, you know, that's what you got to loosen it up a little bit. So so I'm like, okay, I can always just dance here and dance to my favorite song. It doesn't have to be a formal thing, but I can still move my body in a way that feels good. I love it. Let's take us home. What's six and seven? Yes. Okay. So the next one we kind of touched on is that you really have to do something when you would have previously done nothing. So my analogy for this is when we're stuck in an all or nothing mindset, we're either foot on the gas, flying through that green light when we're driving, or we're at a red light, we're at a stop sign, we're completely stopped. So if you're doing something when you wouldn't do when you would have necessarily done you know everything or nothing you're kind of living in the gray and it's like you're driving through a school zone so you maybe are doing a little bit less or going a little bit slower but you're still getting to your destination you're still moving the needle forward and i think that's you know where people are are missing and if you are this is how I also explain it to clients too. Like if you are doing really well and things are improving, you're, you know, things are skyrocketing, but then you're, you completely stop in your momentum, you're doing nothing. Maybe you revert back to old ways. You end up either netting zero or you end up in a worse place than where you were from this starting and stopping, even though you maybe saw a lot of progress or made a lot of momentum when you first initially started. But if you can't sustain it for that long, you're really not going to see any results and you're going to feel super defeated after, and you're going to be less willing to show up again. Whereas if you have smaller goals and you do something, even though you're really busy, 
you build that momentum again. You prove to yourself, okay, I can do something. I can follow through on my word. You build more trust with yourself and you feel accomplished that you followed through on something. And that makes you want to continuously keep showing up, especially if you're doing things that feel good or eating things that taste good and just having a positive association with these different health behaviors. Um, but it just makes it like lighter and something you want to show up for. And that builds consistency and momentum. And, and that's really what you need to, to see results long-term. So I think make the goal smaller, make it fun. And when you would typically do nothing, if you could do something, you're really going to be on this ascending path. It's not linear. It's you're going to have peaks and valleys, but when you zoom out, you're in a better place than where you were six months ago, a year from a year ago. Literally nailed it on the <laughs> head with a hammer. Like I always think about like the tortoise and the hare, you know, yes, who won exactly. that race. It's always the tortoise. And the, are you a Tim Ferriss fan? Do you know Timothy Ferris? Oh yeah. I've heard, I've listened to a few of his podcasts. Yeah. He's great. I'm going to send you a podcast episode after this. Yeah, it's please. with Hugh Jackman of all people, but he talks about <laughs> something called the 85% rule and it has become my like way of life since that. But it's about this idea of like, rather than pushing it a hundred or nothing, it's going 85%. And he talks yeah. about like how they discover this. I'll send you the podcast episode. It's really yeah. good, but that would be I, great. I love that you touched on that. Cause that's so important. Yeah. So important. And I'm sure that, you know, you talk about that concept a lot too, is like, you know, just how do we make the goal smaller so that you follow through and you start to build trust with yourself again. And then lastly, okay, this is, I could talk about this concept forever. So if we want another podcast episode, if your audience is asking for it, I can definitely talk about it in more detail or send resources. Um, But one like secret that I think has really helped me be successful in business and successful with my health is optimizing my period health through cycle syncing. Are you familiar with this? No, tell me oh. more. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I am everyone. Pull oh, I can't chair. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's write it down. Um, I, oh, I'm obsessed with cycle syncing. It's it's amazing. So, where should I start? So, cycle syncing is a concept where you change up your nutrition your exercise, your lifestyle, your self-care habits to go with the grain, or like they say in the flow of your hormone fluctuations. And a lot of people believe that you're either on your period or off your period, but that's not necessarily true. There are actually four distinct phases of the menstrual cycle and our hormones change by 25% throughout the course of the almost 28 days. That's on average. Some people have shorter cycles. Some people have slightly longer cycles if it's, if it's regular. Um, so it's a little bit different for everyone, but on average 28 days, but 25% that your hormones are changing. And there's so many hormones involved in our menstrual cycle. It's, it's really significant. So it really doesn't make sense to be exercising the same way, eating exactly the same way, doing all the types of, you know, the same self-care when our body is asking for different things and like just functioning physi- physiologically in, in different ways. Do you know if it's different for people who are on pills or um, mm. like IUDs or something like that, where their cycle stops? Be, yeah. yeah. Do you know if so, it's a different, a different uh, statistic or anything like that? So if you asking are... For a <laughs> well, they, 
the hormone fluctuations would be different because they artificially change your hormones when you're on a form of synthetic birth control to Mm -hmm. be a certain pattern to prevent pregnancy. So it would be different fluctuations than they are naturally because you're trying to prevent pregnancy, but it's still very set and intentional. Now where birth control comes in, the synthetic hormonal options, most people are prescribed that or go on a form of hormonal birth control because they have adverse period Mm -hmm. symptoms, nausea, vomiting, excessive, heavy flow, irregular periods, or too light of a flow or too frequent periods, um, crazy acne, um, really bad cravings, a painful period cramps. Like there's so many different adverse periods. Those are not normal. I mean, yes, during your period, you are shedding your uterine lining, but it really should just be a light discomfort not something where you have to take off work for because you're in so much pain and you're just like, you know, writhing in the you know, fetal position in your bed. Um, yeah. so <laughs> I've got so many clients tell me that they have to take days off from work every single month if their period doesn't fall on a weekend. And I'm like, that's literally losing you money. Uh, yeah. so it's in your best interest to be optimizing your period health. So, um, a lot of people are prescribed birth control to combat these adverse period symptoms. But the thing is it's the birth control is just artificially changing your hormones Mm -hmm. to mask the symptoms. It's not fixing the symptoms. It's not getting to the root cause. So you still have the hormonal imbalances that are causing those adverse period symptoms, but the longer that you're, yeah, but it's, you know, slippery slope because most people, especially, you know, our generation, they are on hormonal birth control for years, almost like over a decade. Some, you know, some of some people, so it's, <laughs> yeah, so the longer that you're on hormonal birth control, if you have these hormonal imbalances, I mean, the worse these hormonal imbalances get and the harder that they are to treat. So it's no surprise to me that our infertility rate is, you know, one out of every now seven women struggles with infertility. I'm not surprised. I mean, we just I'm have sweating. these hormonal imbalances. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you know, really, it's really heavy. I talk about this a lot of my TikTok, so definitely check it out. Um, but good news, there's hope. Even if you're on hormonal birth control or you're not, it is still beneficial to cycle sync because naturally this is how mm-hmm. you balance your hormones and um, treat treat those adverse things. Yeah. And if you ever decide to go off of hormonal birth control, this will help smooth out the transition. So most people, when they just go cold Turkey, sometimes it takes them yeah. six to nine months to get a regular period back where with my clients that are cycle syncing that we wean off uh, with their choice. I just provide them the information they choose. They talk you know, in conjunction with their doctor um, if it's the best thing, best thing for them. But um, yeah. you know, that's up to my client. If they choose to do that either way, I'm going to you know support them in whatever they want to do. So, but the ones that go off of it in the context of our program, I mean, they get a regular period back most of the time in one to two months. Wow. Yeah. So what are the four cycles and how do you adjust accordingly to each of them? Yes. Okay. So there's four phases. Um, so right after you're done bleeding, 
like once you're done bleeding, then you enter follicular phase. So that's where I like to, to start the cycle. Some people start it like when you're, when you first start bleeding, but I start, once you're done bleeding, you're in follicular phase. This lasts about seven to 10 days. Naturally you have more energy during this time. And I think most women know that like, once I'm done with my period, you feel like a cloud's been lifted. You're like, okay, the I'm sun is shining. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we're more, even if you're an introverted person, you're more naturally extroverted during this time. So this is, um, a great time to, um, do things socially RSVP. Yes. Like really get out there. And, um, it's a great time to batch content. It's a great time to go on dates. It's a great time to try new things, brainstorm, new ideas, new directions for your business, a great time to goal set, just all things new. And when it comes to nutrition and exercise, because you naturally have more energy during this time, it's a great time to get cardio in, lift heavier weights, heavier volumes, and push yourself more in workouts. And because it's a good time to try new things, if you want to try a new form of exercise or go to a new class or a new studio, new form of movement, it would, it's a great, you just naturally have a little bit more confidence to do that during this time. And with nutrition, our metabolism for the first two weeks of our cycle slows down a little bit. Mm. So you want to keep foods light. Uh, so saute foods, steam foods, you can have raw vegetables during this time. A lot of citrus is good. Um, and I can send you the link to my cycle syncing freebie for people to, please. I'd love to love to check this out. Yeah. So it goes through all the different foods and things. We don't have to go through everything now, but keep foods light essentially. Mm -hmm. Then the next phase is ovulation phase. This is our fertile window. Normally it's about three to four days if you're regular, but obviously, you know, for fertility purposes, give yourself a little bit of a buffer. Um, <laughs> so, but the, yeah, that's our fertility. I mean, my clients are mind blown. They're like, I thought that I could get pregnant all month long. I'm like, no, it's literally just this, these three to four days when you're in your ovulatory window, obviously give yourself a little bit of a buffer. Yeah. So ovulation phase is an extension of follicular phase. So you have even more energy than, than you did. And because of fertility, we are the most magnetic during this time. This is when our, we want to mate. So pheromones and hormones, like everything, we are just super attractive during this time and really magnetic specifically to the opposite sex. So we are, you know, just attracting people. It's a great time to ask for a raise, have a difficult conversation with a partner, um, go on first dates. Like you're just really magnetic during this time. And just more confident, even if you're an introverted person, a little bit more extroverted. So this is where I batch all my content. Uh, it's great that it's lining up now that I'm in, you know, follicular going into ovulation, filming this <laughs> podcast episode right now. Like you just feel more on and, yeah. and ready to go. So yeah, again, light foods. And, um, this is the best time of the month that our body can handle endocrine disruptors or hormone disrupting substances. So it's the best time to, you know, have a little, have some alcohol or, you know, processed foods, caffeine, chocolate, you know, things like that. Our body handles it better at this time and exercise. This is when you really should be lifting the heaviest loads, doing the heaviest cardio, things like that. Um, and doing the most, yeah, the most front facing things for your business. So great time for sales calls, great time for batching content, great time for, um, you know, doing, you know, interviews, speaking gigs, coaching calls, things of that nature, filming content for your course, like whatever it is yeah. during ovulation. 
So then, and that's why, like, I feel like this is the best kept secret, which I want to be spreading the secret because I have aligned my business with this, with this format. So I'm, you know, batching more content during these times and saving other projects for the second half of my cycle. So this is when things start to change a little bit because yes, there's four phases, but you really could split things up two and two. So we have follicular and ovulation first half. Now we're getting into luteal phase, which is also our PMS phase. And it lasts 10 to 14 days. So this is our longest phase. (laughs) I know. So with the hormones, the first half of luteal phase mimics follicular phase because your hormones are up, 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 going up, up, up ovulation. You hit a peak but then things start to decrease. So the first half of luteal phase mimics follicular phase. So you probably will still have some energy to do workouts and, you know, eat the same foods as follicular phase, things like that. But then as you're getting closer and closer to menstrual phase, which is when you're actually bleeding, that's when we really start to consider this PMS phase. And I think Mm. a lot of, you know, what that currently feels like, you know, a lot of cravings, you're just low vibe, low energy. Mm. You're maybe a little bit crabby, maybe a little bit more sensitive, not as body positive. Maybe you start to have more water retention, more bloating, um, breakouts, really intense cravings, things like that. So, and even if you're a naturally um, extrovert, extroverted person, you're naturally more introverted during this time. So yeah. it's a great time to prioritize self-care. It's a good time to nest, organize, clean, do back office, admin things. This is when yeah. I write a lot of captions. I write a lot of blog posts. I'm drafting emails out. Um I'm doing more content. Like when I'm filming content, it's less speaking to the camera, but more I'm going to have this audio and overlay photos or do a voiceover or something like that. So it doesn't have to be me speaking to the camera. Yes. <laughs> I just don't, don't feel like it at that point. I'm just not energized. So then when it comes to nutrition and exercise, you have to listen to your body because yeah. most people are still trying to operate like they did the first two weeks of their cycle, but your body's just not up to it. It has changed physiologically and, and hormonally. Our metabolism speeds up during this time. So we need about 200 to 250 more calories during this time. Um, so you need more food and that's why people have a lot of cravings. I just yeah. did a post on this on, on TikTok. So I can send you that if we want to add that to the show notes too. Yeah, for sure. Your cravings at like really are telling into what your body needs. So if you're craving a lot of, you know, high sugar foods or ultra processed items or, you know, salty things, caffeine, chocolate, like, you know, you know, if you're craving chocolate, for example, it could be a magnesium deficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're craving a lot of sugary foods, it could be that your blood sugar is not stable, could be a vitamin B deficiency, but most of the time it's just that people aren't eating regularly. They're not eating enough. So they just feel tired all the time and their body's looking for that quick hit that quick sugar. So you got to eat regularly. You got to eat balanced meals and you need a a few more calories. And our body doesn't want really raw foods during this time. It wants soups and stews and comfort food. So, you know, instead of, you know, steaming your vegetables or having them um, raw, start to roast them or bake Mm -hmm. them, you know, or add them in a stir fry, something that would be a little bit more hearty and satiating and more satisfying for you at this time. Um, and then 
really leaning into the introversion and the admin work and the self-care and the nesting and not being so social, but actually RSVPing no and spending more time with yourself, that will allow you to feel more energized during this time because you're doing naturally what your hormones want to do. So you will be more productive and be more energized than you currently are because you're listening to what your body needs and you're not trying to force yourself to do something that your hormones just aren't up for doing. I love, I love that because so often we think like we have a borderline expectation for ourselves. And especially in the perfectionist world, it's like a 10 out of 10. If you're not Mm -hmm. a 10 out of 10 every day of the month, uh, you failed that day or whatever, whatever beat up the, the favorite flavor of beat up is. (laughs) I love this idea that it gets to fluctuate. And Mm -hmm. I I don't even want to say gets to like, it gives you the permission to let it fluctuate. Yeah, we think like you mentioned in number six, we think so often in all or nothings. And I love that this offers a lot of gray area. Yeah. This is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yep. I would love to see the freebie and I would love to put it in the show notes because this is really cool. Absolutely. And that'll give you the specific foods and different exercise considerations because, you know, then menstrual phase, when you're actually bleeding, like that is an extension of PMS phase. Like you need to, you know, lighten it, lighten up your workouts or take a rest day and be okay with taking a rest day. Like listen to what your body actually needs during that time. Um, and there's different foods to prioritize and it's a great time in menstrual phase. Like they've done fMRIs where they can look at your brain and see what's going off. And during menstrual phase, they see that there's the most crossover between your two hemispheres. So you're so analytical and it's a great time to reflect. So if you're looking at your whole month, it's like follicular phase, great time to goal set and have new ideas and do new things. Then you go out, you execute it. And then, you know, in P, you know, during ovulation phase and follicular phase, then in luteal phase, that's when you finish, finish up the touches or change up any copy or really, you know, tie the bow with things. And then menstrual phase it's, Hey, let's review what we did the last month. How did that project go? And then the cycle repeats again. I have never (laughs) thought like this. And I love this idea I could talk, I could chat with you about this for an hour, yeah. but I don't want to, I don't, don't want to sit through a two right. hour episode. Um, this is fascinating. Isn't it Is wild? this like a new thing or is this something that's been around for a while? It's just not why they so, talked about. So unfortunately it's just, we're not educated on our cycles. Like we're just told, yeah. okay, on your period, off your period, shove a tampon up there, to take a birth control pill or whatever it is. You're going like, to be a bitch for a week and then just have to be okay with it. Yeah, exactly. Like I love my period. I'm obsessed with it. And, uh, growing up, I used to always even set my AIM status with like red hearts whenever I had my period. Like, I don't know. I've always just loved my period, but everyone's like, you just became so, so relatable. That was the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, I love that. Oh but not God. everyone loves their period. I mean, people dread it. So this is a way to really like not, this will actually help your hormonal imbalances. If you have PCOS, endometriosis, PMDD, or just irregular periods or cystic acne, or if you want to optimize fertility or get off the foot, like this will help address any hormonal imbalances that you have in a natural way. Like there's no risk to doing this. That's why I love cycle cycling. So it's as the menstrual cycle, and this has all been around, but cycle syncing and altering your hormones, um, is really a newer concept developed by Elisa Vitti. 
and her book, I recommend her book in the flow. Um, she is absolutely fabulous. Cured herself from PCOS polycystic ovarian syndrome with, uh, no medication. Um, so she talks about that in her two books in the flow and woman code. And so I recommend looking, looking into that. I'll definitely give you the link to my freebie. And I talk about this a lot. Like people on TikTok love hearing about the hormone stuff. So you can definitely deep dive. (laughs) Yeah. Deep dive into that, into that there. Oh my gosh. Again, I could talk to you about this for hours, but I, I want to move on. I want to move on to our last, our last two questions I ask every guest. And that is yeah. first and foremost, um, what is a goal, big or small, that you took step towards this week? Steps towards Ooh. this week. Wow, words are hard. So this last weekend, I was in Nashville. I'm moving out of New York City and I'm moving where? to Nashville. Oh I'm so excited. Yeah. So that's where I'm finishing up my um, you know schooling to be a registered dietitian. Um, so I'm going to Vanderbilt. And so we of got our apartment. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> really, I'm really it's good excited. thing to know that Abby's just an idiot. Like that's it's like crazy to know that Abby's just not very smart. Like <laughs> I'm so pumped to move to Nashville. Like I was already saying y'all before I knew I was moving to the South and I'm I'm just so excited. So I think that is a huge step towards our goals. I feel really good about the apartment, the office space, my commute, and it's just next step as far as my education trajectory. Congratulations. Oh, so thank you. exciting. Oh, when do you start school there? August 15th. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. So oh, congrats. Out. That's awesome. Thank you. And then my second question is how were you imperfect this week? So in Nashville, you know, finding an apartment, especially in the summer, uh, it is, it's a roller coaster. So um, like stuff was flying off the market as we're there, as we're touring it. I'm like, oh my God, you know, so it's just an emotional roller coaster, you know, trying to find things and moving to a new state and everything's new. So I probably emotionally ate a little bit more than I would have liked, but trying not to view it as failure, just trying to view it as feedback. And I think I could have prepped better and brought more snacks on my trip so that I had a protein bar or, um, I don't know, just some other things to, you know, keep in my purse to eat on the go so that I wasn't letting myself get so hungry on top of the emotions and then just eating anything in sight. So I think I could have planned some better snacks for my trip so that I wasn't, you know, eating out of necessity or emotion. (laughs) I remember when I was on whole 30, because I did it on and off for about three years. Wow. Um, there's this time in the like first 15 days where you go from just like, do, do, do going about my day to like, I'm going to eat someone's head off in like 45 seconds. Like it is zero yeah. to 16, 3.5. And I learned that if I didn't have snacks with me, like almonds or, or something that just kind of filled me up quickly, I would, I would become a raging bitch, like a horrible <laughs> human being. Oh, yeah. And yeah. my sweet, wonderful fiance was finally starting, finally started packing almonds in his pocket. And he oh, was like, good. here you go. Like little, like a little chipmunk. <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> Take one. Oh, oh my great. God. It was, yeah. it was not a fun day. Poor, oh, poor but you boy. learn from those experiences though. It definitely. I mean, still to this day, I'm not even doing whole 30 anymore, but still to this wow. day, my gym bag, I'll have like jerky or mm-hmm. a protein bar or something like that. That's just because yeah. after a workout, I'm working with a personal trainer right now who's trying to kill me apparently. <laughs> but like yeah. she um she has me doing like these like 
a lot more heavier workouts. And I realized if I don't immediately eat something after I'm just like exhausted, like super, yeah. super tired. So starting to pack little snacks in there, it's it like, we, we, we don't think about it. We don't think that far ahead, but it's so good to like, you always feel like such an adult and so put right. together whenever you do think that far ahead and you're like, good thing. Old me thought yeah. drinks moments. Like this is great. Exactly. 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 feel so oh accomplished. <laughs> and then last but not least, Abby, where can people find you? Yeah. So Instagram and TikTok, same handle, A-B-B-I-E dot Stacier, S-T-A-S-I-O-R. Definitely check me out. And if you're interested in seeing, you know, how you can get support, if you need, you know, personalized support and how to dive into this, definitely take my quiz and see which one of our coaching programs could be for you. Awesome. And probably by the time this comes out, you'll have a new special thing to plug in there at that point involving the microphone in front of you. Yes. Yes, we definitely will. Podcast in the works, y'all. Not launched yet, but we will. Yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm very excited. Abby, thank you so much for being here. This was awesome. Thank you so much, Nicole. This was so much fun. This really great experience. Thank you. I mean, I know her bio says bubbly and passionate, but I can just like feel her bubbly and passionate. Like we recorded that interview quite a while ago and I can still like feel that energy like wafting around me. Um, I just adore her. So you all please, please, please go follow Abby Stacier. She is at abby.stacier, S-T-A-S-I-O-R on Instagram. Her reels are spectacular. Spectacular. They're like the perfect mix of funny and inspirational. I just, I absolutely love it. And since recording this episode, she has actually released a new podcast. It is called Be About Being Better with it, which is just spectacular. And it is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Now, if you guys enjoyed this episode, rate it please go on iTunes or now on Spotify. We can do ratings on Spotify and rate the podcast, whatever stars you'd like, but I would love it if it was five, obviously. Um, And write a little love note. It makes so much of my day when that, when I see new um, uh, ratings and reviews pop up on iTunes. And also it really helps the podcast go up the charts. I heard just the other day that someone had found the podcast just by typing life coach into iTunes. And I was like, Oh my God, that means it's working. So please, please keep it up. It helps so much. Um, also share this episode with a friend, share it on social media and tag me and Abby. We would love to reshare it and just love to give you a little virtual hug of thanks and gratitude. Um, last but not least, my sweet friends, do not forget to go and save your seat for the empowered entrepreneur. It is happening on Friday and it is going to be just an absolutely amazing event. We're doing a lot of different giveaways. We're also, um, doing like Q and A's and stuff like that. It is just an amazing opportunity to really dive into the brains of four different highly successful entrepreneurs. So we're really, really, really jazzed. Go get your tickets. Links are all in the show notes below, or go to my Instagram and click on the link in my bio. Cause it's right there. Sweet, beautiful friends. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Coach Baker podcast. Don't forget to go take the free quiz and find out what perfectionist type you are by visiting the link in the show notes or by going to lifecoachbaker.com forward slash quiz. Also take a moment to rate the podcast and write a review. It is the best way to get the word out there. Plus you'll get the chance of having your review read on the show. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.